Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. They're acting like they're still alive. Whatever's going on here really needs to stop. It was a devil or a monster. Guy seen a ghost. There's no question in my mind that there's something evil there. The dead don't rest here. His body was completely mutilated and half-eaten. I don't know how they're not killing each other. You're mine. You can't escape. My name? is Amy Allen. What's happening? I see dead people. It seems like a devil. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off, and they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person Every house has secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay... This is our house, whether they like it or not. Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead. I'm in Warsaw, Indiana. It's about 40 miles west of Fort Wayne. I got a call from a guy who runs a hotel in town. Now, he says he was a lifelong skeptic until he bought the place about eight years ago. He says activity's so bad, he's losing employees and customers. It's his dream business, but he says if me and Amy can't help him out, he might have to shut the place down. Before Amy arrives, I look for anything that might influence her findings. This hotel has a lot of artwork and historic photos that have to be covered or removed. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. 
There's a lot of dead people here. They're acting like they're still alive. I'm talking like about 50 people here. Do you know if these dead come inside at all? Yes, they do. They, um, they can come and go as they please. The dead don't rest here. Well, Dan, I'm glad I'm here. Um, when we spoke on the phone, you, you sounded like you're at the point where you're almost ready to close this place down because of the activity. We're having trouble with employees being scared at night. OK. I've had several quit. Customers not staying. So give me an idea of what people are experiencing here. What's going on? Knocking on the door. Things moving off the shelves. I've heard of people getting touched. This seems to be worse the last couple of years. Now, how long do you have this place? Eight years. This is a three-story building. Now, I see the restaurant here on the first floor. What else you got going on? On the second floor, we have a sports bar. Okay. And on the third floor, we have uh, seven hotel rooms. Okay, so now when you bought it, did you know it was haunted? I did not. I dismissed a lot of it. What changed your mind? I was standing at the edge of the uh, bar, happened to look down at the floor, and I seen a black fog go across the floor and then just come up and it was gone. What do you think's going on? Not sure 100%, but the last two years, there's a lot of, lot of bad things. Sounds like you could lose the business. Maybe. Met a lot of people here, a lot of good friends. Like to keep them here. Right. Okay. What people are seeing is kind of like a ghost, but with a black sheet on him. Everybody thinks that it was a devil or a monster, but it's a person. He goes under uh, in the ground, and he's like always kicking uh, the floor. Then he was showing me, like, spinning the structure. Obviously, it doesn't spin, but I think structurally, you know, it has issues all the time because he's kind of with the whole thing. This thing that's under the ground causes a lot of the stuff that's happening here. And I would think that most people probably are also thinking that there's some kind of poltergeist. But it's not. He's in his little hole, and he projects his energy and affects uh, the surroundings. What's going on in here? We have a lot of things moving around in this kitchen. We're concerned about that. For example, the broom going across the room. The bartender, there was nobody in the kitchen at the time, and the bartender heard a lot of noise. Okay. Came out and saw the, the broom in the middle of the floor here, and she knew that the last time she walked out there, she saw it on the wall back there. Okay, nobody was in the kitchen? Nobody was in the kitchen. Okay, so now, has anything else happened in this place? Yes, the day that I purchased the building, uh, I walked through the door, walked past the dishwasher, and stopped for some reason. I took a glance at it, and it just squirted me in the face twice real quick. We had some uh, more issues with plumbing, with faucets uh, going on and off. A lot of things that seemed like to try to disrupt the business, it seems like. He has a lot of energy. 
It'll affect everything structurally, you know, like water, uh, plumbing. It's a lot of him, a lot of him. Can you describe what he looks like? And he's like squished himself out because he's in the ground, you know, and um, just has his legs, which are always kicking. It's very strange. So Leslie, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. You've been working here for a while? About 17 years, bartender and waitress. I've heard about all the things that are happening here. Um, what about yourself, any experiences? Quite a few. Um, I had somebody tap me on the shoulder. Okay, where were you? I was at the computer station. No one was around me. You sure about that? Yeah, there was nobody there. And anything else? I was leaving one night and saw someone standing on the third floor in the window in the hallway. Okay, was it a guest? No, there were no guests that night. I'm the last one here, and I know if the hotel rooms are rented or not because we're the check-in. <laughs> okay, describe the man to me. Tall and broad-shouldered, dark suit. Dark suit? Yeah, like old-fashioned suit, bowler hat. Okay. Now, Leslie, you've been here what, almost 17 years. I mean, how are you dealing with this? I mean, why do you stay? I love the place, but if I felt a definite threat, I would I'd probably not be here. There's a male here. He is a workaholic. He's always moving around. He's always working. Uh, I think that they do see him. Mostly, it's just solid, normal-looking person. I think they, uh... <sighs> Workaholic doesn't like people up here. He's mad. Came right to the door and was like, ah! Mm. Oh, Lordy, he hates this Oh, damn. Oh, jeez. Okay, he's freaking the out. He's yelling. Get out of here, you know, leave me alone. He invokes such rage in people. I don't know how they're not killing each other. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now, how long did you work here? About four years. I bartended. I was talking to Danny. He said a lot of the employees quit over the stuff that happened to you. What was the feeling like for you when you worked here? I would experience fear, almost as if I was a child again, locked in a dark bedroom with demons under my bed and monsters in my closet. That's how bad it was. What about experiences? Have you had any? Yes, when I was closing the bar, I witnessed a shadow that actually resembled a man directly behind me. And it was like seven, eight foot tall. What did you do? I was just in shock. I didn't really know what to do. And from that point, I was just like, I have seen a ghost. Jeez. Anything else? Yes. I was working in here and I was pushing in the bar stools. And I got to about this bar stool right here. And as I went to push it in, it almost just moved for me. Show me what happened when the chair moved on you. I put my foot on it, grabbed here, and then I went to push it. And as I went to push it, it was almost like it just moved for me so gracefully. All right, now, these are heavy. They're not, Right. these aren't light. And you gotta push it. I can't even try to debunk that. I just really feel like there's something here. The workaholic, he's pissed off. I mean, he's doing things with the chairs. <sighs> I feel like he has pushed living people, definitely. You know, he's like, this is my space. Get out of the way, because here I come. And definitely, they gotta feel this energy. Like, it is so intense. It is so directed. I just feel like massive amounts of tension. The heart, you know, just pound. Like, I'd almost think some people, they can't breathe here. So, Kathy, I understand that you actually worked at the hotel for a little bit. Is that right? Yes, I worked there for about uh, six months, but I've been a customer for about 15 years. Now, did you stop working there because of what was going on? That was a very big part of it. Yeah. I, I read the signs. You know, somebody was warning me about something, so... Okay. Um, what kind of things were we talking about? Um, when I was a patron sitting at the bar one evening, um, I turned and I saw two apparitions in booth one. 
Okay, how do you know they were apparitions? I said to the waitress, you've got people in booth one, and she turned and said, Kath, there's nobody there. So it could have been a mirror reflection of anything? No, there's no mirror anywhere near, near it. it. No. Nope. Okay. Anything else? One full moon night, bar was closed and looked up, and on the third floor I saw a man in the middle window, and uh, it was like he was looking up and down the street. You know, you're the second person to tell me that. What do you look like? He had a fedora. So he kind of resembled a gangster. Really? Yeah. Would you recognize him if you saw him in a photo or a sketch? I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, when I was working and I was doing the dishes, I was by the uh, sink. OK. And I felt a, a tug on my apron. Was anybody walking by you at the time? No, because no, I looked around and there was nobody around me. So you, you've had a lot of experiences there. What do you think is going on in this place? There's no question in my mind that there's something evil there. The workaholic likes this floor. He is like putting pillows on people's faces. He does not like um, drug addicts and whores. His thing of, uh, you know, getting the people out. And he's smothering them. He's trying to kill him with the smothering him to death. Somehow made to look like a heart attack. Makes me feel very uncomfortable and panicked. There's some talk. He may have killed someone after he is dead. Dan and his employees didn't know much about the history of the Bobby Hotel. So I'm at the local library to see what I can find. Searching through old records, I find a man named Joseph Plue, who used to live on my client's property in the late 1800s. Turns out, he was accused of a brutal double murder at his neighbor's house. I've called on my old friend, Butch Burrill. He's a local retired detective. He said he'd dig into the case for me and tell me exactly what happened. February of 1887, I come across an article with this kid, Joseph Plue, who got charged with a double murder right on the property I'm investigating. What were you able to find out? Joseph Pugh lived on uh, your client's land with his grandparents next to uh, uh, Henry Dunham, who had hired Joseph Plue to work and help him on his farm. All right, so what kind of a crime scene were we looking at? What happened? So it was, uh, it was a pretty grisly crime scene. Henry, he had a 20-month-old baby, uh, a daughter, and her throat was slit ear to ear. The other victim was Henry himself. Okay. He was found out in the yard uh, with several stab wounds, and uh, it's thought that hogs got to him. His body was completely mutilated and half-eaten, literally. I see, like, somebody's face being I feel like it's a male. He's like very much in the pain right now. And he can't breathe. Ow! Something got hit in the head maybe here. I know there's a few people. There's more than one. I think he's just in his death state. There's so much pain in my head. 
Oh, my God. So what happens next? A neighbor happened to be walking near the property, found him laying there, went inside the house and found Lucy Dunham, uh, Henry's wife, was just barely clinging to life. She also had several stab wounds and, and severe head injuries. So now at the time, Clue lived on my client's property, and I'm assuming now that, of course, she survived, she identifies him as the part. She identifies him, but also she knew there were two other people there, but she couldn't identify either one of them. All right, now, there's a lot of rage in this case, and what would motivate this kid, Clue, to do this? My understanding is that there was a lot of animosity between him and the wife. Okay. He, they, they'd have some confrontations and some problems. He didn't really care for her. Okay. In fact, I think they'd had some problems with, with Mr. Dunham arguing over, you know, over pay. Joseph Plew, he, he had some, some cash on him. He had $90, my understanding was, uh, and I think some of it had, had, had blood stains on it. Okay. You and I both know that this is not the type of murder, especially with this baby, that you commit over $85 or no, whatever money. No, not, not at all. It was uh, some, you know, severe hatred involved. Wow, okay. There's dead lady. Dead, she's like hanging on. She like hanging on to my leg. She like being dragged across the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She like, I don't know what the happened to her, man. She got I think that somebody kills her. There's a couple of men around her. I feel them. She knew one for sure. Why is my friend doing this? Someone says it's a brutal assault. A little knife. I feel like someone got stabbed. Ah. Uh... OK, so now. Plue gets charged. Does he get convicted? What's the story? Plue does get charged and gets convicted, and he uh, he takes a life sentence. All right, so does this kid end up uh, dying in jail or what? No, so what happens is he, he ends up serving 29 years. Henry Dunham's wife comes back and says that she can't confirm for sure that he did do it. After 29 years? After 29 years, so he gets a pardon and he gets out. Wow. And this is Plue, 29 years later, when he gets released. Now, how old is Plue when he gets out? He's 53. All right, so he gets pardoned. Did they look at anybody else as a suspect? No, it's still, for all practical purposes... Unsolved? Unsolved. This dead guy, someone's calling him derogatory names. What do they say? They're saying that he's gay and stuff. What are you shaking your head about? I don't understand how this could be such a violent place. It's too much. It makes me feel very uncomfortable and panicked. I feel very, very sad, like I want to cry. One of the first things I do on a case is reach out to local historians. Usually, I don't turn up too much. But in this case, a local genealogist tells me that the man that built Dan's hotel 
has a wild story, and I'm definitely going to want to hear it. Well, Beth, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate that. You mentioned on the phone that the guy that originally built the hotel on the property I'm investigating had an interesting story behind him? Yes, his name was Henry Hover. He was a farmer. This is a photo um, that we found when he was farming. He's, you can see he's at the end of the photo here. Okay, so how does he go from being a farmer to building a hotel? He started amassing that property in 1880, and it took him 17 years, but in 1897, we got the hotel. These are the photos of the hotel that we have. He, he just stuck to his vision. Okay, so now he has his dream hotel. What happens? Does he live there happily ever after? I mean, what's the story? No, Henry just has one tragedy after another. 1897, the year the hotel's built, he loses a son, Ira, who's sick. He dies of unknown causes. In 1901, his wife loses a child in childbirth. The biggest tragedy happened in 1902 when he lost his three-year-old son, Elmer, to an accident. Elmer is playing in the hotel. They work there, they live there. He's trying to climb on top of a bean sack to get up to the counter. His foot slips and his little chin hits the counter and broke his neck. Within 20 minutes, little Elmer is gone. So what happens after all this? He runs into financial trouble and in 1906 sells the hotel for a loss. Okay. He dies at the age of 68 after being confined in bed for a year from tuberculosis. You kidding me? No. So what happened with the hotel? It burned down in the 1920s and the hotel you see today is a rebuild, but it looks very similar to the original. I want to say that he owned this place or was in charge of this place um, or thinks he is still. The workaholic guy? Yes. Do you know anything about what he was like in life? He's like between 55 and 60. He came from a, a hardworking background and he feels he did well until this happened. He's still acting like he is working. He just goes and he just does what he did every day. That's what makes him feel comfortable. Beth mentioned that Dan's building ended up burning down. Obviously, I need to find out exactly what happened. I'm heading over to meet with a local firefighter. He says the cause of the fire is still a mystery to this day. Oh, Chief, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate it. So now, the expert I talked to said that the hotel I'm investigating burnt down in the 20s, and you said it was true. Absolutely. August 18th, 1921, the fire completely destroyed the hotel. Okay. This is one of the articles. What was the story with it? The fire started in the attic area, and then it went and it slowly started to burn across the attic. Okay, now what about casualties, anything? It's my understanding that there was roughly 50 people there when the fire started, and not a one of them uh, suffered an injury or a death. Okay, so they were able to get everybody out before yes. the building collapsed. All right, so do we know, Chief, exactly what even started the fire? Um, the articles I've read said spontaneous combustion. There was no electrical wiring in the attic. 
So they ruled that out and they went to spontaneous combustion. All right, so in your opinion though, what do you think? I don't know that we'll ever know. There's been a lot of things that have happened. It's kind of crazy. There was a fire, but I don't know if it was actually this structure or if there was another structure. It's residual, but it happened. I saw several dead people on my walk, but the workaholic is the most advanced entity. I'm meeting with an artist to describe how he appeared in life. He's probably between 55 and 60 years of age. He has a very thick, full head of gray hair. His nose has been probably broken a few times. Yes, that's what I saw. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Well, Amy, I'd like you to meet Dan. He is the owner of this restaurant hotel for about eight years now. Activity here is bad and it's getting worse. And it's hurting his business. And if he keeps going like this, he's going to have to shut the place down. Leslie here has worked here for 17 years. She's had a ton of experiences. And I kind of think she's numb to it at this point. Now, Kathy lives directly across the street. She's been here for 15 years. She actually worked in the restaurant for six months. She thinks that whatever's here is evil and that Dan and his staff could be in danger. So now that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on, I'm going to have her talk about her walk. So one of the first things that I got when I got out of the vehicle was that there had been a fire here. I was smelling it and tasting it, and I felt like people were breathing in the smoke. And I didn't know if it was a structure or a structure nearby. Oh, you hit that pretty much on the head. Now, the hotel opened in 1897. It was opened up as the Hotel Ormond. But back in August 18, 1921, the building caught on fire, started in the attic. They tried dousing it out, but you know what? They had no shot. Now, nobody died in that fire, but there were 50 people staying here at the time. Um, but they all got out safely. And I have an article here about it. Now, two years later, the hotel was rebuilt, and that's the building we're in right now. That makes sense. One of the first conscious entities that I encountered was on the first floor. Um, so he was really strange because what I saw him doing was like burrowing under the ground. And he's like always kicking uh, the floor. Then he was showing me like spinning the structure. I think structurally, you know, it has issues all the time because he's kind of with the whole thing. But what I saw as a direct result of that was causing issues with like plumbing or electricity or things breaking. Then the first day in this place, you had issues with the water, right? Yes, yes, I walked in and um, walked past the dishwasher and stopped and turned and looked at it for some reason. And um, it squirted me right in the face twice. I mean, you've been here the longest. Yeah. So as far as the structural issues, has this been ongoing? Yeah, I mean, some of it you chalk up to it's an old building. 
But we have a lot of, of electrical glitches and computer glitches. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Interesting. Okay, so what else did you see? During my walk, I came across a couple of murder scenes. And one of them involved a female in the bar area. So I walk over there, and this woman, like, grabbed onto my lower legs and was, like, dragging herself on the floor. She was beaten. There were three men that were involved, at least. She knew one of them, most certainly. I kept hearing, like, while all this chaos is going on, like, the guys were laughing. It was excruciatingly painful. The next murder victim I encountered was a male outside who was stuck in his death state. I started feeling like a really sharp pain in my chest. And so I think he was stabbed. And I'm hearing these men clearly like yelling at me like horrible, really awful things. I think there was some kind of issue with him where these males might have thought that he was a homosexual or something of that nature. There was a double murder that had strong connection to this place. That happened in 1887. A guy by the name of Joseph Plue lived here. Now, I got a photo of him. Now, he lived next door to a guy named Henry Dunham. And now Henry lived on the property with his wife and 20-month-old daughter. So he needed to hire somebody to work on the farm for him, and he hired this guy. Now, on February 7th, 1887, this is when a brutal crime takes place. Henry was stabbed repeatedly. They find Henry in the barn area outside. He's stabbed to death and his body's mutilated because he had hogs on the property that basically went to town on him and they ate him. Now, inside, his 20-month-old daughter was also murdered. It was pretty brutal. She was cut from ear to ear. Practically almost where the point where her head was cut off. His wife, Lucy, was stabbed several times and beaten. But she survived, actually. This is where it gets interesting. She told the cops that there were three attackers, and one of them was Plue. She's like, yeah, it was him and two other guys that she couldn't identify. He's the only one that gets charged. 29 years later, Lucy comes back and says, I'm not sure Plue was at the crime scene. This is after the guy's in jail for 29 years. So why would she retract that? Your guess is as good as mine. It's still a mystery to this day, this, this case. This is actually a picture of Plue when he came out. 29 years later, this is, uh, this is him. Did you know about any of this? Because you seem upset about it, and I know it's a terrible story. When she spoke about the woman, um, I've gotten feelings about uh, uh, a lady um, that was uh, raped and, 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 and murdered. So I felt that, you know, it was um, uh, by more than just one person. Her spirit had came through me and, and talked with me and and uh, um, she she's like telling me that she was forced to retract that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think she has abilities? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. It seems to me that she wants people to know exactly what happened. She wants, you know, the truth to be told. I think it was him. They raped her. All right, so what else happened during your walk? One of the people that I encountered, he seemed to me to be the most physically present dead person here. And he came off very much as like a, a workaholic. 
But when I went up stairs, very different. He was like, get the out of here. This is, this is my, my space. Um, one of the ways that he sometimes shows himself is as a tall shadow type figure. Are you, you've seen a guy in the window upstairs though, right? A tall guy? Yes. And when I've seen him, he was just like looking down each side of the street as to see if, he, if he's looking for someone, like a lookout type of a, mm -hmm. uh, a guy. But you saw it leave him work one day when nobody's mm -hmm. here. Yeah. There's nobody in the building when I left. Mm-hmm. Did you get any sense of who this guy might have been when he was alive? He worked his whole life to do well for himself, and he felt like he did do well for himself. I thought that he either owned this place or was in charge of this place. And uh, he thinks that he's still running it. Running it. <laughs> Uh, I got that he is between 55 and 60 years old. His moods seem to be very drastic, ups and downs, ups and downs, and he's still like that. Well, it makes me think of the guy, Henry Hover, that originally built this place. Now, he was a hard worker, he was a workaholic, he was a farmer. In 1880, he started buying little pieces of land. It took him 17 years to buy the property and build this hotel, which was his dream. Um, I have the only known photo of this guy, and it's not a very good one. You mentioned he was an emotional wreck. Well, he lost his son Ira at the age of six for unknown causes, from what we can tell. 1901, his wife lost a baby boy at birth. And then in 1902, the biggest tragedy happened to this guy. His three-year-old son, Elma, fell off a bag of beans he was playing in the hotel, and the fall broke the poor kid's neck. And he basically died about 20 minutes later after they found him. Make matters worse for this guy, in 1906, he comes into some hard times financially and has to sell this place as a, at a great loss. Now, did you get a good look at the guy? Yes, I did. And I had a sketch then of him. Okay. Take a look at this. The sketch looks exactly like this man right here. Looks just like him. This sketch you did looks just like Plot. Right. The more I'm looking at it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it all makes sense, okay. It matches like the murder that he did on that guy, the things he was saying, yeah, it totally makes sense. So do you think this guy Plot is the guy that you ran into on the second floor. Yeah. Okay, because it makes and sense. And the second and third floor, for sure, yeah. So how'd this guy, Plu, make you think he was the workaholic on the top floors? Because there's so much residual information. I feel like he's able to, you know, almost disguise himself within all of this information that exists. The third floor, the second floor, and the underneath, I think is all the same person. Okay, so the guy that you encountered that's kicked in the yeah. Making the, the yes. pipes first. Yes. The aggressive guy on the second floor, we think is Plu. Yeah. And the third floor guy. Which is Plu. Is all yeah. the same guy. Is all the same guy. But now it seems to be getting more physical. So you think this guy wants people out of here? Yes. I see this guy. 
taking pillows and putting them over living people's faces and trying to kill them. But he's made it look like a heart attack or things like that. So he's capable of killing living people? Yes. He'll, like, target people he doesn't like, like drug addicts and homosexuals. You know, Kathy, earlier you mentioned to me that you're gay. Is it okay if we talk about that? Yes. Now, is it bothering you that he might have been targeting you because of, of your lifestyle? Now it is. I think he was targeting me not only because of that, but the, also the fact that I was able to connect with, with the lady. And so I'm thinking he's like, not only is she gay, but she also can communicate with mm -hmm. these other spirits. And now I'm, I'm threatened. Dan, when you said it was getting worse here, you weren't kidding. Well, Dan, we know one thing for sure. Kathy was right. This place is dangerous. But the big question is, can you make it safe for your employees and your guests? For that answer, I'm going to turn it over to my partner, Amy. The first concern I have is that I think some of the activity might get bad. And I don't think he's going to be happy about the fact that all his cards are on the table. I am very nervous about how he's going to react. So I definitely would suggest that people not stay here until it can be dealt with. I'm certainly shaken. All right, so how do we get rid of this It needs to be like a massive hit against him. I would like there to be a psychic knower to come with two male mediums, and they all need to work at the same time. The psychic knower is going to be taking care of the residual that's here, and the mediums are going to be dealing with the conscious dead that are here, and there's a lot. And I want two badass male mediums. Very aggressive, very strong. Why? He'll get intimidated a little, and, and he needs to be intimidated. Also, I don't want any other living people in the building when they're doing this, because I also feel that they could be attacked. All right, and now once that's done, do things will be okay here? It'll be very quiet, void of everything. It, it'll feel very, very, very different. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm gonna miss this place for a while. Once this out of here, she'll be safe to come back? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So, you're going to take our advice, I assume? Absolutely. Can't wait to get rid of him. It won't be easy removing the dead man wreaking havoc on this restaurant hotel. But I believe if Dan follows my advice, the evil here will be banished, keeping Dan and his employees and guests safe from harm.